How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Good morning and welcome to the week on the week on this, the day on this beautiful uh, midweek show of the morning beats. It's now officially hump day. Uh, Michaela's all the way over the hump in, in Vegas right now recording from uh, her mother-in-law's home because she's performing. Michaela, what do you have going on? I know you're always busy. What are you up to now? Hey, cutie. Well, I'm actually not. I'm recording from this gorgeous hotel room oh. at, at the Cosmopolitan where my old residency was. But it's so nice. I'm literally looking out the window outside a very sunny, lit up Las Vegas strip. And I have to say, there's something about a window. Looking out a window is so nice, babe. Well, she says that for reference because we sit in this box and we have no natural light and no windows in the studio. I'm glad yes. you're there. Uh, what are you performing? Or did you perform last night or are you performing this afternoon? Yeah, I'm performing right after our show. We had rehearsals yesterday, and uh, it's really exciting. We're performing in the Chelsea, which, if you're familiar, uh, is where they have their very big acts come and perform. I had a residency here for a long time, and so uh, we're doing a big private event for uh, the Cosmopolitan employees, CEOs. Um, So it feels very nostalgic. I did this ride like for four years of my life. So it's so nice to be back. Oh, well, it, it sounds like you did something right because they invited you back. So that's a good thing. And you're you're invited back to this show because, well, honey, you are the show. So thank you for making it work. We appreciate you uh, coming up on today's show. Uh, listen, marriage equality is fantastic. But when it comes to taking someone's last name, how do you make the decision? My partner and I are, you know, very, very close to our wedding. I'm not going to say how close, uh, but it's a conversation we've definitely had to had have to have. But would you leave it up to a coin toss? One couple did just that, and we're going to tell you the results. Uh, also, a little bit later on in the show, uh, what is it like to fall in love in prison? Or with a prison inmate. You know, the story of the corrections officer who helped the man escape and then she was found dead in Indiana. It's been all over the headlines. Uh, and a lot of people are thinking, I would never, ever, ever do something like that. I would never fall in love with a prisoner. Uh, but how does it happen? Um, mm-hmm. We're actually going to be talking about that uh, today uh, on the show as well. We've got a professor of law from American University in Washington uh, calling in to have that discussion with us, actually. We've also got Dr. James calling in uh, for a little bit of... Um, uh, it looks like he's calling in for Red, White, and Q today. Yeah. Okay, this is like a mix of like what the health and Red, White, and Q. They come together yeah. because Alabama banned a gender-affirming care for transgender youth. It's taken effect now, and Dr. James Simmons is going to call us uh, to tell us how problematic that can be. We've got a lot going on today. We're super excited. Uh, but right now, Michaela, it's time for news on the beat. What do you have? All right, people. New York City Pride has unveiled the grand marshals for this year's New York uh, City Pride March, one of the largest annual pride parades in the world. The march, which will take place on Sunday, June 26th in Manhattan, which feature five Grand Marshals, uh, T.S. Madison, of course, uh, Chase Strangio from Saturday Night Live, Punky Johnson, and Executive Director of the OCA Project, Dominique Morgan. The march's director, Bansri uh, Manik, said this year's Grand Marshals have helped others find their true selves. At a time when LGBTQ people are under increased attack, the New York City Pride March is a beacon of hope and community. Uh, Manic said in an email statement, our Grand Marshals for this year truly embody the spirit of the theme for New York City Pride 2022, unapologetically us. They have embraced their identities 
and use their platforms to help members of our community truly love and live their truth without fear or shame. So we love that. I've love. actually never been to a New York City Pride, and I would do anything to go. Either have I. I lived there for one year and didn't even go. I think my, yeah. maybe I was out of town that weekend. I have no idea. It would be so fun. Yeah. Okay, let's get into some weather. 72 in LA today, 71 in Vegas, 81 in Palm Springs, 90 in Houston, 82 in Miami, 60 in San Francisco, and 89 in a Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day. The master has failed more times than the beginner has even tried. Ooh, that's, yes. a, that's a vibe, honey. Because listen, if you're going for big goals and you feel like a failure over and over and over again, you need to flip the script on that one because you're actually trying. And that's a really, really good thing. Most people never even get that far. So pat yourself on the back and keep going. Uh, speaking of going, go on all the way out to the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Uh, just over a week away, next Thursday, Michaela's going to be joined by the one and only Taylor Dane. Uh, they're both going to be performing. Maybe a duet could even happen if you get real lucky. We've also got Rosemary Galore and friends doing a number of drag performances throughout the night. It's all taking place uh, Thursday, May 19th. 7 to 10 p.m. at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. It's called Divas in the Desert. It's our second annual, and we're actually raising funds for the Desert AIDS Project and Coachella Valley LGBTQ Center. It's all for a great cause. Tickets are on sale at Ticketmaster.com. Just look up Divas in the Desert or head to WeAreChannelQ.com. We've got Taylor Dane joining us on the program tomorrow. Super exciting. Uh, so, and you've got a little personal, a little personal history with her that you're going to share when we talk to her. So, uh, can't wait going to be a good time head over to wearechannelq.com and get your tickets yes thank you baby all right coming up uh marriage equality is great but what do you do when it comes to choosing a last name what if you just flip a coin one couple did and we'll tell you about it coming up next channel q i'm gonna be honest you know when my love affair of one of my favorite candies on the planet started reese's pieces Love, 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 love. And I think that love affair actually started the first time I saw E.T. as a little teeny boy. <laughs> I fell in love with Reese's Pieces, and I fell in love with outer space and extraterrestrials and aliens and UFOs and all that fun stuff, right? Well, yesterday, our producer Vanessa, God love her, Vanessa Garcia Ortiz, driving into work, all four foot eleven of her, and you saw what, Vanessa? I, I'm certain, certain I saw a UFO. You're absolutely certain. I was yes. In the freeway. Okay. I was in the freeway. It's 5.53 in the morning, which I feel like that's when creepy things are still out. Wait, if you're driving to work at 5.53, I'm a little concerned by that. I'm really close to work. Uh, oh, no, 4.53. Okay, I was going to say, uh, I'm like, oh, here we, okay, we go on okay. air 10 minutes later. <laughs> My bad, 4.53 a.m. Okay, so I'm driving in the freeway, so it's pretty clear. And there's a triangle of three lights <gasps> apart. And I'm like looking at the other cars like, is anyone seeing what I'm seeing? Wait, first, and, the four, there were other cars on the freeway yeah, at 4.53? Like, like, like four. And literally, it was three, like, perfectly triangle lights. And, oh. And I, but I was also really tired. I'm like, am I seeing the UFO right now? Oh, I it's believe like it, that. honey. I believe it. That's the, like, witching hour. Yeah. 453 for sure. Especially on a Tuesday. You know how Tuesdays are. We're all a little bit delirious. Like, we, Monday's exciting. You're like, oh, there's new opportunity this week. Tuesday, you're like, I hate my life. I don't want to go Land. to work. Yeah, totally. I get that. But apparently... You're on to something because not no joke. This article just came up yesterday. Literally, just after you saw this this UFO. Apparently, you might not have been the only one because Congress is to hold their first open hearing about UFOs in 50 years. No way. What? E.T. Phone home. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa, whoa. Is that <laughs> is that is, is, is E.T. on the line? Is E.T. calling in right now? You know they can infiltrate our audio. You know they can do that. I'm sure they can. If they can fly from Well, listen, co-host for me, honey. Next time I need a sub, I know who to call. Well, sometimes, sometimes I sound like E.T., actually, when I get a little bit congested. <laughs> I mean, the entire time I had COVID, that's exactly how I... Play it one more, <laughs> play it one more time for me, Vanessa. I just want our listeners to know, this uh, is this E.T. or is this actually A.J. two weeks ago? E.T. Home. It's really a toss-up. It could That actually could be me. I could have... Oh, called. my God. <laughs> I have not seen E.T., since I was probably about like six or seven years old with Drew Barrymore, oh, the yes. whole vibe. I have to go watch it again wow. as an adult. I just made a connection here. 
E.T. was my first introduction to Drew Barrymore, who I would later fall in love with as the first person to die in the Scream franchise. Wow. Which actually uh technically isn't true. Her boyfriend did die first, but that's neither here nor there. Apparently, though, two Pentagon officials will testify at a hearing about UFOs next week. Do you believe in UFOs? A thousand percent. Uh, If you think we're the only uh, people, species life source on the planet we're insane and delusional absolutely agree i could not agree more it's bonkers for me to think that oh there's nothing else out there like we're the only ones and also we're the most advanced come on like i can barely walk and chew gum on my best day like i there has to be more intelligent life somewhere vanessa you believe i know you do oh i super believe and i also feel that a lot of people have been seeing them lately like a lot of people even the kardashians on the last season of the keeping up with the kardashians Kardashians saw them then they're if they saw it it's real calabasas is a hot spot i hear (laughs) no i'm serious so i think there has been so many sightings that they're like now they're like okay okay, so let's go let's go there for a minute then let's just go ahead and take the title of our afternoon show and let's go there because I used to think growing up that aliens were going to come invade us and that I was scared of them, right? Because that's how they are portrayed in films and and how they're sort of talked about and like War of the Worlds. That's what I pictured, right? Aliens taking over humanity and that's it. Um, But as I've gotten older, I've read up a lot and here's my thought process. If that was, in fact, the UFO that you saw on the way to work yesterday morning, Vanessa, uh, and and you're not the only person seeing these around the world, right? If that is real, if crop circles are real, if they're really, they might actually just be observing us. And I think that humanity is at a point right now and our Earth is at a point where they might be the things that come to save us. Literally. And I genuinely believe that. And it's, it's fascinating if you look back throughout history and you look at, you look, nobody still, nobody understands the pyramids yet or Stonehenge, any of those things. Nobody understands the, the ancient Mayan and Incan and Aztec cultures. There's so many different cultures around the world that we don't fully understand. They're like, how did they do that? Like, how on earth? And if you look at sometimes, if you look at cave paintings, right, in Egypt and around the world, and you see what looks like humans looking at iPads with like a reflection, like, explain that to me. Like, how well, have we been here before? Has this technology existed before? Uh, listen, I think as much as people want to be like, conspiracy theories are crazy. I do think it's even crazier to not acknowledge that there was so much life happening thousands and thousands yes. of years ago. There's this one crazy conspiracy that if you look at big, big mountains, they're actually like giant, uh, like giants that lived here thousands of years ago okay well, that's, that, that's like a, that's a joke just died and if you look at the mountains that's why sometimes you see eyes or like the hills have of, eyes that's a movie yeah, Michaela. yeah which is so crazy but i mean your mind can literally go anywhere if you think about what happened thousands yeah, of well, years I, ago I, I will say this like i'm pretty open to a lot of ideas i think you're i think you're insane right now um and and i, I don't buy into that one <laughs> no but, I, but why I, I mean but that's what i'm saying you believe in aliens but no. then those conspiracies are too out there like how much is too much for people well, for me i think plate tectonics and, and the shifting of our earth's crust over the years explains mountains to me but i will say though that doesn't mean that i don't think that there are some sort of alien life forms living in those mountains like i'm open like i'm actually open to a lot of these things and i've experienced enough spiritual you know movement in my life throughout my years the uh, things that happen so quickly that i don't understand people talk about energy and universe and life source and all of these things and oftentimes we write them off because we're like that's insane but actually those special moments that happen in your life if you really really break it down more often than not something inexplicable happened and that's i'm okay living in that space i'm okay believing in things that other people don't believe in and there's almost always some truth to every single conspiracy theory, whether we like it or not. Yeah, I'm obsessed. I agree. I'm clutching my crystals as we speak. I'm here for it. Now, coming up, uh, we've got uh, Frankie Grande, who's back in the headlines. And this time he is not saying thank you next to his boyfriend. Find out the great news and what's popping next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. What's popping for the morning? Michaela, what do you have for us? 
Okay, well, this is very exciting. So we know that Aria Grande, uh, Aria, Ariana Grande is so famous for her Thank You Next song that went number one, but she's a married lady now. Sadie, Sadie, married lady. And apparently so is her brother, Frankie Grande, marries Haleon in a Star Wars themed wedding. And uh, it's very exciting. May the 4th be with you, the couple announced now. The 4th of May is a very special, and very important day as we celebrated our sweet little queen, Vanessa. It's her birthday, so that takes precedent. But then after that, this is so cute. Uh, Frankie Grande is a married man. And um, Ariana Grande's mother, Joan Grande, officiated the beautiful ceremony. Now, although Frankie's sister, Thank You Next singer, Ariana Grande, wasn't featured in any of the photos, she, of course, attended the nuptials. Crying again, I love you both so very much. The couple followed up their wedding with a joint bachelor party weekend of games with some friends and family and then departed for their mini moon. Although Frankie and Hale, who already changed his last name to Grande on social media, had a small ceremony, the Big Brother alum revealed they'll be having a wedding ball in the near future. I think this is so great. So sweet. I love love. Yeah, I love, you know, Frankie's come a long way. Uh, we had him on our podcast, Confess Your Mess, uh, a few months back, and he was talking about the wedding, right? Um, and not revealing dates or details, because obviously we no now know that they had a whole May the 4th Be With You thing planned. Super, super exciting stuff. Um, and I know that he's really close to Dalton, which is Ariana's brother, or her husband, uh, and they really are really supportive of his uh, partnership as well. I love that he, it's interesting that, his partner did take his last name. We talk about this. Like, we literally just talked about this. Like, who's, whose last name do you take? Well, if you're marrying a grande, chances are you take the last name. Yes, absolutely. Of course. But imagine Ariana Grande being your sister-in-law. Like, how iconic is that? It, it, she's the sweetest thing in the world. She's so, like, she's your kind of girl. You'd get along with her. I've, I've only hung out with her once, but she was so fantastic and very, very, very supportive of her entire family. So it's got to be a good feeling. Yeah, I love that. All right. Well, coming up in our next hour, Alabama ban on gender affirming care for trans youth is taking effect. It's devastating for our community. Dr. James Simmons joins us this time, not only for a what the health, but a red, white and Q in the next hour. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile Prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Searching for a parenting podcast you'll actually want to listen to? One that covers everything from how to deal with picky eating, how to grieve a pregnancy loss, and how to not hate your partner after having kids? Well, your new favorite podcast, After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings, is here. Hosted by two BFFs, this is a no-shame parenting podcast. Listen to and follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Coming up this hour, we've got a double whammy. It's Red, White, and Q times two with two different guests. First up, we're talking about Alabama's ban on gender-affirming care for transgender youth taking effect. Uh, what do medical providers need to know? It's a political and uh, it's sort of like politics meets uh, medicine. And we've got Dr. James Simmons joining us to have a conversation about just that. Also, a lot of people talking about this uh, this relationship with this corrections in, uh, officer and an inmate who escaped prison recently. The corrections officer was found dead earlier this week in Indiana. Uh, how does that happen? And what do we need to do to keep not just our prisoners, uh, but also our correction officers safe? Uh, we've got an expert joining us, professor of law, actually, calling in for another uh, part of Red, White, and Q today. So we've got a lot of really great stuff coming up this hour. Great conversations that we'd love you to be a part of. Right now, though, it's time to listen to the one and only Michaela Gordon give you the latest in news on the beat. 
All right, babe. Well, a Democratic uh, delegate, Danica Rome, who made history as an openly transgender candidate in her initial bid for state office, announced Monday she is jumping into a 2023 race for an open Northern Virginia state Senate seat. In an interview, Rome said she did not expect a primary challenger in her bid to represent the competitive, newly redrawn 30th Senate District, which encompasses part of Prince William County and the cities of Manassas and Manassas Park, partly overlapping with Rome's current district. I will not be outspent. I will not be out organized. I will not be out hustled, she said. Thanks to last year's redistricting process, the election cycle could result in a significant reshuffling the General Assembly's membership. All right, another news yearbooks at a Central Florida high school won't be distributed until images of students holding rainbow flags and a love is love sign while protesting the state's so called don't say gay law can be covered up. District officials said they don't want anyone thinking that the school supported this uh, student's walkout. Uh, Lyman High School principal Michael Hunter said in a statement Monday that pictures and descriptions documenting a student walkout in March in response to Florida's parental rights and education law should have been caught earlier in the review process. Seminole County Public Schools spokesman Michael Lawrence said the issue wasn't with the protest, but how its depiction in the yearbook could be interpreted as being endorsed by the school, which would be in violation of the school board's policy. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 71 in LA, 70 in Vegas, 81 in Palm Springs, 81 in Miami, 83 in Atlanta, 78 in Cleveland, 92 in Dallas, and 55 in Boston. That give us a vibe of the day. The master has failed more times than the beginner has even tried. Don't get down on yourself because you feel like you're failing. If you're failing, that means you're doing something. You're putting yourself out there, you're getting into the arena, and you're making attempts to uh, you know, improve your life. That's a good thing. Show yourself a little grace and try one more time. Uh, try to make it out to the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa on Thursday, May 19th as well, because we've got something really cool happening. Channel Q presents our second annual Divas in the Desert, starring Taylor Dane and Michaela Gordon. You might even perform a duet together. Rumor has it that you performed one of her songs while you were on American Idol uh, a few years ago. And mm-hmm. that could happen again uh, for the first time in person, actually. So you can take part in this by heading over to Ticketmaster.com, searching for Divas in the Desert, or go to WeAreChannelQ.com. Get your tickets now. They're only 25 bucks. You think that's enough? Yeah, that'd be a great show. Taylor Dane, Michaela Gordon. Yeah, fantastic. We've got more. Rosemary Galore and friends are going to be performing drag all night long for you. It's going to be so much fun. If you weren't at our last show, you missed out. It's going to be a blast. Uh, You can also uh, feel good about the way you're spending your money because it's also a fundraiser. We're raising money for the Desert AIDS Project and the Coachella Valley LGBTQ Center. Again, head over to wearechannelq.com. Get your tickets. Taylor Dane is going to be on our show tomorrow morning. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh, Do we know what time we have for yet, Vanessa, tomorrow on the show? Yes, at 9.23. 9.23 Pacific. What is that, 12.23 Eastern? Yes. Tune in. Going to be so much fun. We might even give away some tickets tomorrow if you don't get your tickets today. So uh, you could win. You could buy your way in. It's all for a great cause. Join us in the desert. So much fun. We love to see it. All right, coming up, uh, this has been a humongous story. Uh, Alabama ban on gender-affirming care for trans youth is taking effect what does that actually mean? What do we need to know? Dr. James Simmons joins us in Red, White, and Q coming up in seven minutes. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. I am American, American, American. That's right. You know what? We are we are American. And uh, this is a voice you don't oftentimes hear in Red, White, and Q. You usually hear him in What the Health or doing the entire show when I'm homesick with COVID. But right now we're joined by our nurse practitioner, Dr. James Simmons, uh, to talk about something that's a little bit in the health space, actually a lot, but also in the political world. And that is gender affirming care uh, being sort of erased in Alabama and what that means for healthcare providers and more importantly, uh, for those who need their services. Uh, Dr. James, thank you so much for being here. Uh, you really broke this down so well on your social media. Uh, why do our listeners need to to care about this? I, I mean, we have to care about this because if we are not caring for those who are the most marginalized in our in our communities, 
you know, uh, trans folks, particularly trans youth and trans youth of color tend to be the most marginalized, even within the LGBTQIA plus space. And so if we're not caring for those, we're not caring for everyone in, in society. And, you know, we, we are very clearly at this sort of moment of reckoning in, in the United States and I think the world when we have, you know, politicians who are supposed to be separating church um, and state you know, saying things like, you know, if God intended you to be a boy, you should be a boy. If God intended you to be a girl, you should be a girl. And therefore, we're going to legislate that. So we're going to say that you cannot do these things that are very well researched, very well documented in terms of gender affirming care. And I sort of want to clarify a little bit of what's going on with the law with folks, because I think when people hear gender affirming care, they immediately jump to surgery, right? And so a lot of people who, thank you for the compliments on my on my social media video, by the way, it got shared a lot. I also got a lot of trolls on there and they're like, do you really think we should be cutting off an eight-year-old's genitals? And that's absolutely not what gender affirming care is. In fact, gender affirming care is a, is a years long process before hormones can take effect. There's mental health that goes into it. There's psychological evaluation. There is the obviously parents have to be incredibly involved. And just so you know, it's on average between twenty five and fifty five thousand dollars a year for things like puberty blockers and hormone therapy. So when we talk about gender affirming care for youth, no, we're not, you know, mutilating eight year old genitals, which is what some people are, are making this akin to. And also gender affirming care en- encompasses an entire broad spectrum of caring for these youth and enabling them to fully be who they are. And if they're not fully able to be who they are, the mental health ramifications are, are serious. Mm. You know, I think it's super interesting because a lot of young women, myself included, uh, started our menstrual, ci- menstrual cycles around nine and 10, which is really, really early for little girls. I, I feel like, especially as a grown up, um, and a lot of us were recommended to go on birth control to really regulate, uh, our emotions, uh, to regulate cramps, to regulate all the things that you get with your menstrual cycle. And that's like nine or 10 years old. And I feel like people, uh, whether they're okay with that or not, have never really brought that into the discussion, but why would that be okay? But, uh, having puberty blockers isn't like, I feel like it runs hand in hand and it's just very hypocritical again of of Republicans sort of leaning only into the beliefs that they want to, to talk about. And, and on top of that, you know, the beliefs that they want to talk about, Michaela, a lot of these, (laughs) this is so frustrating because a lot of the lawmakers in Alabama have been saying that gender affirming care is really just based off of the radical left's ideology. And it's just part of, uh, you know, the radical left's mission to convert people and, you know, overly ideological beliefs. But the very stark in your face hypocrisy of this is that they're now legislating their ideology onto other people, you know, similarly to abortion, like you're legislating your ideology onto other people's bodily autonomy, which is written into the constitution. So, you know, I think it's, it's, to me, it's not a complex issue at all. (laughs) It really isn't stay out of our bodies and stay away from medical providers doing the right thing and parents doing the right thing. And what makes this law in Alabama so particularly egregious is that It is the first time, you know, there's been lots of anti-trans bills all over the country, unfortunately, many of them aimed at youth, but this is the first one that actually carries felony charges for, are you ready? Felony charges for medical providers who continue to provide gender-affirming care. So literally, you have people who have taken Hippocratic oaths, nursing oaths, all these things that say, if you provide the care that this person actually needs, we will put you in jail for up to 10 years. It's like saying, you have cancer, but I'm not going to give you chemotherapy. And if I do, if I give you chemotherapy, you're going to put me in jail. That's how serious this is. Part two, they can actually lock the parents up as well, according to this law. They can also hold the youth liable for actually seeking gender-affirming care. So this bill goes after everyone involved in this, and it has put an absolute and immediate hard stop on any gender-affirming care uh, that was taking place in Alabama as of last Sunday. Wow. It's unreal. We appreciate you so much, Dr. James Simmons, uh, for this, having this conversation. It's very difficult, uh, but we appreciate you. So thanks. Absolutely. Thanks, y'all. 
All right, giving up relationships between corrections officers and inmates are actually a very common story. And after one couple was on the run that ended fatal, what do we need to know and how does the prison system need to change? We talk with a professor of law at the American University Washington College of Law uh, next. Good morning, Beat Channel Q. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Now, you know, a lot of attention has been paid to the corrections officer and the inmate uh, who escaped recently. Uh, The corrections officer was found dead in Indiana, I believe. The inmate was captured once again. And it's got a lot of people, like, judging, a lot of people thinking, like, how on earth could this happen, right? Mm -hmm. Only on something like Orange is the New Black. Like, can we accept that? But in the real world... How on earth does this happen? Well, for Red, White, and Q, this time we're, we're so glad to be joined by Brenda V. Smith, professor of law at the American University Washington College of Law and also the director of the Community Economic Development Law Clinic. Uh, Brenda, thank you so much for being here. Um, is this something that's actually a little bit more common than people realize? Absolutely. And thank you for having me on the show today. Thank you for being Absolutely. here. Well, what, do you, what do you want our listeners to know? So, um, you know, in preparation for our our conversation, I went back and looked at a couple of studies. And one of the interesting things that I think uh, many people don't know is that correctional authorities have have reported in past surveys that female staff commit 61 percent of staff sexual misconduct and 21 percent of staff harassment. Wow. The females. Uh, Female staff. Whoa. And Listen, they, they like they, the bad boys. They like the bad boys. Oh, you know, you know <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if that's it. I also want to talk about the numbers in jails and prisons. And the number in jails and prisons is 69% at the, in this study. And I think that one of the things that people don't think about, that, about is that the vast majority of people in custody are male. Okay? Right. Um. And so it stands to reason that if you assume for a minute uh, a heterosexuality, that the fact is that these interactions will occur. I also think that one of the other factors that we have to think about is that the status of women in this environment, in these environments, are often quite low. Mm. And so they themselves are experiencing abuse and harassment from their co-workers and maybe even from other prisoners. Mm. It is a toxic work environment often. And, and, and often there's both allegations of constitutional violations involving both the treatment of prisoners and also complaints of sexual abuse and harassment regarding female staff as well. Wow. And so what That's I think so we have is a really toxic mix. Well, I want to ask you what's so interesting about this particular case that we're seeing is that this woman, uh, I believe, was about a month away from her retirement. She sold her home that she owned for about $90,000. She was on the run like Beyonce and Jay-Z, honey. She was like, I'm here. And it's so crazy to me to think that like she was so close to having this whole life that she worked for. And then she took her own life. Uh, What kind of abuse do you think that she may have been? under that she would take such drastic measures and then ultimately uh, end up killing herself because it it just doesn't make sense you know so 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 let's work back from the suicide right so it seems to me that in that situation she probably felt like she had expended all of her options um, it's what she did was engaged in a really, I, I have to say, sort of uh, impetuous, uh, ill-conceived. Uh, I, I don't want. I don't. I don't want to say um, crazy uh, um, sort of conduct, but it was really very irrational. I think that what happened was she realized that she had, uh, you know, that she was out there much farther than she had actually intended that things spiraled out of control. And so she took her life. It also sounds to me like just even engagement in this conduct with, with, with the uh, prisoner also suggests that there were also some mental health issues there, some depression, um, 
obviously the job as a correctional officer in an environment where you are uh, low status, even in that work environment, um, creates the conditions where you can be quite vulnerable. And it sounds like she was vulnerable both uh, in her in her uh, home life and also uh, in her work environment. It's, it's just so sad. Um, what, what do you think? Like, how, how do we fix this? Is, is there a fix? Is there a solution? Are there things being done uh, to sort of counteract these sorts of, you know, opportunities for poor judgment? Um, because oftentimes I think as a whole, we look at inmates as being less than, right? Less than human oftentimes. Um, Absolutely. And that's just not the case. So is, is there anything being done or what can be done? So I, 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 I have a, a couple of suggestions. One, I think we have too many people in custody, right? Uh, and so decreasing the numbers of people in custody will lessen the opportunities for these things to happen. That's, that's a simple one. The second is training, supervision, and support. Uh, first of all, there needs to be ongoing training for, for staff uh, about um, how these relationships can form the fact that they're against the law, that you can lose not only your job, but you can lose your life and you can put the community at risk. So, I mean, I think that training needs to happen and there needs to be ongoing support and coaching of of these staff, because the fact is is the fact that this could happen suggests that somebody was asleep at the wheel, Mm -hmm. right? What was the level of supervision uh, for Officer White, how how mm-hmm. could she just roll out, walk out of the institution with someone without anybody saying anything? That also uh, suggests a culture of silence in the institution where we don't trouble trouble. I'm not going to uh, say anything about something that I see you doing crazy because I see crazy things here all the time. Mm. You know, uh, I have done no analysis of this system, but what I'm talking about is what I've seen in other systems that have these exact same things happen. Mm. Well, I, all around, it's just awful and it's so sad and it ended fatally. So nobody won in at the end. We appreciate you so much for joining us and having this conversation with us. I feel like it's not talked enough about and we're so happy to have that conversation with you. Well, thank you for inviting me. And I hope that my comments actually inspire thought and action. Of course. Thank you so much. I absolutely think so. I think it brings such a bigger conversation. And I hope that not only does it end up here, but we also see it in mainstream media as well. And and having more compassion about the situation than judgment. Exactly. And and, and bringing some resources, Mm -hmm. both to folks in custody and also for folks who are working in in custody uh, as officers, nurses, uh, and other staff. That's right. Brenda V. Smith, professor of law at the American University Washington College of Law and director of the Community Economic Development Law Clinic. Thank you so much, Brenda. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Coming up, uh, Jesse Williams' nude footage from Broadway debut leaks. Twitter is unwell. Find out why. Coming up in What's Poppin'. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Oh, honey, I am still hot. You know, I, I listen, I talk about it all the you time. You are hot, honey. I, I love Broadway. I haven't been to Broadway in a minute because it shut down. The last show I saw was Erica Jane uh, playing Roxy Hart in Chicago right before the pandemic started. All right. Well, I'm about to head back because currently Jesse Williams is starring on Broadway. He just got nominated for a Tony and... Uh, It's steamy. What do you have for us? Okay, so we love this energy. I would like to say, I'd like to submit myself. We don't really have a place where we're going for our honeymoon. So I feel like we should go to New York, watch Pamela Anderson in Chicago. That'll be the gift to me. And then the gift to you will be to see Jesse Williams in his Broadway show because Haney, he is naked as can be and take me out. Somebody leaked a video. It took to Twitter and people are losing their minds. Now, I will say if you try to look at the Twitter video right now, uh, oh, it's it gone. Been deleted. Yeah. Devastatingly. But every gay in um, America, we all watched it. yesterday. Oh, yeah. I saw. My partner saw. <laughs> he, it's full frontal nudity. And, and the video we saw was almost a minute long. He's literally very well endowed. A gorgeous body. Woo! And 
he is in a shower on stage touching himself down there and then walks up to another man, another actor who's naked, grabs him in a bear hug from behind, bodies pressed up against each other, and then turns around and kisses him on the lips. It's a, it's honey, it's a plot line. It's a plot line. Listen, and I'm here to see it. I I think that uh, we kind of discussed in the room that this may be a Chris Jenner move. It may have been a leak on purpose. Oh yeah, totally. They're getting. He is. But he I'm is, here for it. He is. He sh- he was on uh, Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen uh, an hour after the video leaked. Oh, this was but, totally no, planned. But. They recorded Watch What Happens Live early that day, so it was actually recorded before the leak. So they didn't actually get to talk about it, but he's very open. He's like, listen, it's a body. It's a naked body. Get over it. However, the man is well, well endowed. Whoa, he's beautiful. Love to hear it. Love to see it. Well, I'm very excited (laughs) to go to New York with you and make that happen. Now, coming up, Um, It is AAPI Heritage Month, and we are bringing awareness to the service that is for the AAPI elderly and LGBTQ people. If you're not so familiar with that acronym, we're going to talk about it in length. We have a fabulous uh, person we're interviewing to stick around for the next hour. Good morning, Beat Channel Q. We're shining the light on AAPI Heritage Month coming up this hour. That's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Uh, That conversation is happening in about 13 minutes. We're going to be actually joined by somebody who's going to tell you how you can also get involved as well. Uh, Right now, though, it's time for some news on the beat from Michaela Gordon. What do you have? All right, people, there's a lot going on. New York City Pride has unveiled the Grand Marshals for this year's New York City Pride March, one of the largest annual Pride parades in the world. The march, which will take place on Sunday, June 26th in Manhattan, will feature five Grand Marshals. Social media star T.S. Madison, uh, transgender former NCAA swimmer Skylar Baylor, ACLU attorney Chase Strangio, Saturday Night Live cast member Punky Johnson, who I love, and OCA Project executive director Dominique Morgan. The march's director, Van Manik, said this year's Grand Marshals have helped others find their true selves at a time when LGBTQ people are under increased attack. The New York City Pride is a beacon of hope and community. Manik said in an email statement, our Grand Marshals for this year truly embody the spirit of the theme for New York City Pride 2022, unapologetic us. They've embraced their identities and use their platforms to help members of our community truly love and live their truth without fear or shame. I'm telling you, I want to go <clears throat> to New York City Pride so badly. I've never been, and I think it's probably one of the most iconic prides we have. Yeah, New York City Pride, and then swing by uh, Jesse Williams uh, on Broadway, see what wh- uh... how he's swinging. Uh, it could be a full weekend. Our honeymoon is going to be so sweet and fun. So I can't wait for our moment together. You know, you're in my wedding. You, I'm not marrying you though, right? Like you understand that, don't you? I feel like I, I sort of, (laughs) I feel like it's our, it is our wedding. Okay, so I'm going to walk down the aisle like a bride. Okay, what's the difference? I don't know. So, I'm so excited for our wedding. It's going to be so beautiful. (laughs) Let's get into weather. 56 in Boston, 92 in Dallas, a high of 86 in Cathedral City, 82 in La Quinta, 78 in Cleveland, 77 in Buffalo, 82 in Miami, 81 in Palm Springs, and 70 in Vegas. Now, please give us a vibe of the day, husband. The, oh, wow. The, I will be a husband very soon, though, to somebody, just not to you. Uh, oh, the, that's weird. The master has failed more times than the beginner has even tried. Listen, we had a conversation last night with a good friend, um, actually our wedding officiant. You know who she is. And we had a conversation with her last night for two and a half hours. And she reminded us, listen, what y'all do is is, is, is not normal. What you and I do is not normal to be in the city and to keep trying and trying and trying when we were told Mm -hmm. a thousand times over we're we're not good enough, we're not talented enough, we're not pretty enough, whatever that may be. And it's not it's not Hollywood for everyone, obviously. But if you're if you're chasing dreams, it's going to be difficult. People Mm -hmm. are going to not understand you. They're not going to support you. People are going to want to tear you down. Um, But just know that if you are failing Failure only happens if you're trying. So keep trying. Try one more time. Try two more times. Come on. That's the best advice ever. Eventually, things will work out in your favor. So uh, Mm. hang in there. Keep your head high. Uh, And in the meantime, have a little fun. 
You can join Michaela in the desert next week. She's going to be performing at our second annual Divas in the Desert at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa on Thursday, May 19th at 7 p.m. She's going to be joined by the one and only Tell It To My Heart Diva herself, Taylor Dane. You guys might even perform a little duet together because rumor has it he performed one of her songs on American Idol uh, a couple years back. Uh, So this is a pretty, pretty iconic opportunity. Also, Rosemary Galore and Friends performing drag numbers all night long. It's all for a good cause. We're raising money for the Desert AIDS Project and Coachella Valley LGBTQ Center. Head over to Ticketmaster.com, type in Divas in the Desert, or just go to WeAreChannelQ.com and find tickets there. Taylor Dane will be on our show tomorrow morning at about 9.20 uh, Pacific, 12.20 Eastern, calling into the show. Might even give away a few uh, pairs of tickets, so who knows? Call in, uh, and if not, get your tickets it's a, for a great cause. Absolutely. We love to see it. All right. Coming up, the Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month is this month. We're celebrating it. Uh, Find out why it's so important to know why you should be giving funds to this community as we have uh, Cafe Maddie Cab joining us. Find out what that is and the founder of it next. The Morning Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Now, one of the um, unfortunate sort of, I guess, I want to say side effects or outcomes uh, of the last couple of years and the way that Donald Trump in particular, in my opinion, targeted uh, Wuhan, China and the Asian community uh, during the Mm -hmm. COVID pandemic. uh, It's been really heartbreaking to see the number of um, just the sheer violence, both verbally and physically against the AAPI community uh, has been heartbreaking. Uh, And one person in particular is doing something really cool. Uh, that they started uh, a while back, and now they've sort of like reinvigorated. We're talking to Maddie, founder of Cafe Maddie Cab. Uh, Maddie, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. We're good. You know, it's 2022. We're approaching the summer, and um, it, it we we wish we weren't still having this conversation, and I'm sure you wish the yeah. same. However, um, it's still a conversation that needs to be had. What exactly are you doing for the community uh, and how can our listeners help? Last year, I found an organization called Cafe Maddie Cab and we started reimbursing cab rides for people in the city who felt unsafe going around at risk of Asian hate crimes, but at the same time couldn't afford to take a cab even if they were feeling unsafe in the subway or the streets. So this organization kind of evolved over time and we operated over a couple of months and this year, actually next Monday, we're relaunching so that we can distribute um, ride codes, whether it be Uber or Lyft or whatever platform there is, so that we can pay for some pre-planned rides for people who are commuting during odd hours or know that they're going to be commuting at a risky area or time. Oh, that's so fantastic. You know, I feel like I love all elderly people, of course, and I, I truly feel like we do not take care of our elders. I do think there's something extra special about the Asian community. Uh, just always so kind, so respectful, so soft-spoken. Um, and the Asian elders that I've met, uh, I feel like probably absolutely do not get their needs met here, but needs met here in America. Um, and so they're kind of just really left on their own because culturally, I believe in Asia, they're much better taken care of than they are here in America. Is that true? Oh, um, well, I can only speak for the country that I grew up in, which is South Korea. Um, I think at least in the subway systems, um, it's a lot safer. There's a lot of safety measurements where there are screen doors in every station where nobody can be pushed into the tracks and um, a lot of accessibility um, options for elders and disabled people as well. Um, but yes, compared to what I'm used to New York, I think we could really step up. Yeah, and and there's a need. There's a huge need. Um, you know, hate crimes against Asians in New York City have just skyrocketed in recent year. In 2021 alone, there were 131 hate crimes um, committed against the Asian, the AAPI community. Uh, this is all according to data from the New York City Police Department. That compares to, you know, just back in 2019, there was one on record. So to go from one... Wow to 131 in, in two years' time, uh, it's that specific time too, right? Right at the beginning of the pandemic, that first year of the pandemic. Um, 
it's so discouraging. What gives you hope, though? Because you've been raising a lot of money and you've got some pretty high goals and people have been showing up. What's giving you hope right now? Right. Um, So ever since I started this initiative, the hope that's been coming from has been um, the source has been from the donors and people showing up and community coming together. I think on the media, um, it's really important that we're aware of all the negative things that are going on, but also we've been bombarded with so much negative headlines and crimes that we're not aware of that. Actually, the majority of people are wanting to other human beings to be safe, whether it be black, Asian, brown, whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, just organizing this and people seeing people coming together has been really, really heartwarming for me. And I'm sure it is as people see this organization kind of um, evolve and grow over time. Mm. So fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And this all, uh, I mean, I, this all started with, like, you literally put $2,000 of your own money into this, and then people saw that you were willing to go in, so they started donating, and, and you really inspired all of this. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it, yeah, yeah it's so incredible uh, of what you're doing, of course, and uh, we're so thankful that you're doing this and that I was very close with my grandma. AJ was very close with his grandma as well. So our elderly community is the most important. Uh, so thank you for, for finding Cafe Maddie Cab and bringing it to our awareness. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It really helps every story that, that I'm able to tell. I hope, you know, more than just this actual program running, um, people hearing the story kind of inspires them to start something on their own because I really have no background or experience organizing anything like this. And But if you really put your heart into it and kind of ask for help and put it out there, one thing I learned is that there are so many professionals and talented people just willing to come together and help and make something happen. Oh, thank you so much, y'all. If you want to get on to GoFundMe right now, Madeline Park, you're incredible. You've got a goal of $1 million. So far, you're at $33,000. You just relaunched. Uh, I see somebody just recently gave $3,000 to you. I mean, that's pretty incredible stuff. If you can give $5, $500, $5,000, no amount is too small or too big. Look up Cafe Maddie Cab. That's C-A-F-E-M-A-D-D-Y-C-A-B.org is the website. Go to the gun... uh, Excuse me. Go to the GoFundMe and support right now. Thank you so much, Maddie, for being here. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Coming up, should Trump be back on Twitter? Well, if it's up to Elon Musk, he might be. Find out why it's horribly problematic. But we may have no choice. Coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. All right. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. You know, this has been a topic of conversation for quite a while. Elon Musk trying to spend $45 billion or so, some odd change, to buy Twitter. Right. And a lot of people are saying, listen, you could do so much more with that money. You could you could make a massive dent in in world hunger. There's a recent study that came out the other day that says one billion dollars per year is what it's going to cost to keep the world safe from the next pandemic. Well, he could keep us safe for 45 years. Like, I think that's a good use of the money. Instead, turns out Elon Musk uh, not only wants to buy Twitter, but he wants to allow Donald Trump back on the platform. Now, Donald Trump has launched a couple of his own social media platforms that have failed so far, but his current Twitter ban is set to end on January 7th, 2023, which would be one day after the two-year anniversary of the insurrection, which is interesting because that's sort of what got him bumped off of Twitter to begin with. Now, I believe, uh, Vanessa, you actually have some audio. Let's play it and then discuss, Michaela. It was not correct to ban Donald Trump. I think that was, that was a mistake um, because it, uh, it alienated a large part of the country and did not ultimately result in Donald Trump not having a voice. He is now going to be on Truth Social, um, as will uh, a large part of the sort of the, the right in the, in the United States. Um, and so I think this could end up being, frankly, worse than having a you know a single forum where everyone can debate. Michaela, thoughts? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I, I never thought I would have this very rare opportunity to say this, um, but I've worked for Elon a few times, uh, and so is my partner. So we've met him. Um, I, I think he's really a lovely person in 
uh, real life. I think he's really, really smart. I think he's out there, but really in the best way. Um, And I really do understand and appreciate all around free speech. The only problem I have is that just uh, Trump is so um, I I feel like when Trump was on Twitter, he really uh, made people who were extremely racist feel so empowered. And he empowered such a group of people that are so hateful. And I I truly believe that's the reason why I feel like we're living back in the 1950s again. And so it's dangerous having Trump on on Twitter and having free speech. I agree with you. I understand what Elon's trying to say. And I think that's giving Donald Trump a lot more credit than he's earned because he has shown us time and time again who who he is exactly. And he fans the flames of racism and sexism and hatred and homophobia and all these other things. And to be clear, we do have freedom of speech in the United States. It's afforded to us by the Constitution. However, that freedom of speech and expression uh, is not recognized as absolute. There are limitations or boundaries uh, based on libel, slander, obscenity, pornography, sedition, incitement, fighting words. I mean, so there's a classified information. He's broken a lot of those. Like he mm-hmm. has he has incited violence. He has, you know, used a lot of really incendiary sort of remarks on social media to mm-hmm. not hold democracy together, but to start conspiracy theories. To say repeatedly for a couple of years now that the election was stolen, even though every single top official, Republican and Democrat, has said that's not even true. There's zero evidence of it. So there are limitations to how far you can take something. You can't just go out there and and use hatred and slam people left and right without any sort of repercussions. Um, so this is a concern of mine, you know. Elon might be the greatest guy in the world, and he might have fantastic plans to save humanity, and I hope that he does. I'm not willing to allow Donald Trump back on Twitter to find out. That, that's, my, that's, that's a bridge too far for me. Donald Trump, there's so much anxiety every single day he would tweet, and I don't miss that at all. So I hope, I hope maybe Elon rethinks this, finds another way around this. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I hear that, babe. Well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, It is set to expire. Facebook's ban on Donald Trump is set to expire January 2023. So if Elon doesn't let him free, he might be free thanks to Facebook. Uh, So get ready because uh, we could have a lot more Donald Trump, more than we wanted ever. So get ready. Now, coming up, Britney Spears fans defend Britney as her nude photos are sparking a mental health debate. And where is that baby? We'll discuss next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. All right, welcome back to The Morning Beat. You know, Britney Spears' conservatorship may be over, uh, but people aren't over her yet. She's doing a lot on her social media right now, and people have mixed reactions. Michaela, uh, explain to us why that is and what's popping. Yeah, so it's interesting. I hate to police Britney Spears' social media and to talk about it, but fans have spoken out in the star's defense after her latest slew of nude photos sparked a social media debate about her mental health. The pop star 40 has experienced a host of major life changes over the past 12 months, including getting engaged to partner Sam, uh, successfully fighting for her freedom from her 13-year conservatorship, and announcing her pregnancy. Now, amid the many headline-making moments, Spears has been sharing and later deleting photos on Instagram, showing herself in various states of nudity. Uh, The toxic singer continued that trend on Monday when she posted a string of photos that showed her posing completely nude with heart emojis and her hands protecting her modesty. In all, she shared three uploads with multiple images. Uh, Now, while her fans want her to live her best life, it is raising concern. Uh, Just really... It's it's sort of out of nowhere. She's kind of just standing in her house naked. Also, people are saying, is she still pregnant? Kind of what's happening. It's just raising a couple eyebrows. And uh, I don't really know what to say. I, I kind of agree. Yeah, it's tricky because uh, a lot of people suffer from mental health issues. Right. And I'm not I'm not diagnosing her. I'm not a doctor. But as somebody who suffers from, you know, varying levels of like seasonal depression on my own I know that there are times where maybe I don't make the best decisions and that doesn't mean that I think that 
her complete autonomy should be taken away from her, that her decisions should be made by her father or any sort of conservator. But as somebody who watches her actions and sees how they see they, they, they appear to be sort of all over the place and she comes across as a bit unhinged often, um, it's understandable that people could look at her and say, is she okay? And I think it's coming from a place of concern. With her father, yeah. it, it came from a place of, I want to make money off of her. That's different. We're concerned. We just we just care about her. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, a social media user compared Kim Kardashian posing nude in 2014 to Britney Spears saying, so Kim can uh, do this, but Britney can't. You all want to call her crazy when she's doing the same thing all the other girls are doing. Make it make sense. But I completely disagree. Uh, Kim Kardashian, that was the cover of a magazine where she famously had her bum out with the champagne popping and onto her butt. It was done. Uh, sh- sure, she was nude. Well, yeah, but it I, was for a publication. Yeah, uh, it, this- it is a little different because I, I feel like Britney is she's sort of done that like wild hair and really smudged like kind of dirty looking black eyeliner thing for a while on social media and she looks a bit like a deer in headlights sometimes she doesn't look like uh-huh. glammed up she doesn't look like she doesn't look like kim kardashian on the cover of a magazine doing something artistic she looks like she just got out of bed and she decided to get her phone out and make a video so it's yeah. and it's her right to do she's allowed to i just want to make sure she's okay that's all. Absolutely. Yeah. And and of course for the baby as well. It's it's a weird choice as an expecting mom. Uh, not that moms can't be sexy and iconic and great. Just you know we haven't really heard from her. So we wish her the best as always. She's Queen Brittany to us. And so live your best life, Queen. Tell me something good. All right, you know, I love me some Broadway. Every single time I go to New York City, even if I'm there for a day or two, I find a way to get to a Broadway show. Um, I've seen Phantom of the Opera more times than I can admit because I always win the lottery because nobody goes to it anymore. Actually, it's actually pretty full. But it's neither <laughs> here nor there. Uh, L. Morgan Lee has become the first ever out transgender actress to receive a Tony Award nomination. The Theater Awards, which uh, announced their nominations earlier this week on Monday, uh, nominated Lee for Best Featured Actress for her role as Thought One in the metafictional musical A Strange Loop. I cannot wait. Uh, In this Pulitzer Prize winning musical, Lee plays one of six thoughts that surrounds Usher, an aspiring but conflicted black queer playwright who recounts his familial and sexual experiences while working as an usher for a theater performing the Lion King musical. Uh, This is really, this is her Broadway debut too. And she goes on to say, I can't stop crying to specifically be a trans actress in the company of these incredible women that I respect and have enjoyed for many years. This nomination is so much bigger than me. And it's kind of wild to think, you know, we talk about Broadway and you think the theater community is so diverse and it is. But in 2022, the first ever trans actress to be nominated Better late than never, uh, but hopefully she's definitely not the last, the first of many, many, many. Um, and we talked about this a little bit earlier on, and I'm going to keep talking about it. Uh, kudos to her. Don't want any of the shine to be taken away, but I still, I can't stop thinking about Jesse Williams and that that full frontal nudity. That's that's the show I want to go to Broadway and see. Oh, yeah, honey, that's a show. That's a show. <laughs> what do you got for us? All right. Well, a passenger with no apparent flying experience managed to land a small plane in Florida on Tuesday after their pilot became incoherent following a medical emergency. Take a listen. No idea how to fly the airplane. Uh, Roger. What's your position? I have no idea. I see the coast of Florida in front of me, and I have no idea. Try to hold the wings level and see if you can start uh, descending for me. Yeah, I think I'm descending right now at 550 feet a minute. Maintain wings level and uh, just try to follow the coast, either north or southbound. We're trying to locate you. Man, they did a great job. Did you say the passengers landed the airplane? That's correct. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. no, great job. No flying experience. What? The passengers Is that landed insane? the plane? No way. I'd be a goner. I'd be saying my prayers the whole time we'd crash into the ocean. There's no way. <laughs> Me too. I'd be terrified. I can barely drive a car, let alone a plane. No, honey. I've tried to do one of those flight simulators before, like at the mall when I was younger, where you sit in there and you have to. I, no, I, I get so discombobulated and so turned upside down. Literally, I would crash in a heartbeat. I, that's yeah. incredible. But also, <laughs> if, I, if I'm a pilot, I'm like, listen, I feel less cool now because like apparently anybody can land a plane. 
Yeah. Seriously. What'd you go to school for? What all that time? You're not even special. Anybody can do it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, well, thank you as always for listening to our show today. Thank you to all of our guests. Happy hump day. We have another great show for you tomorrow for therapy Thursdays for now. Stick around for three hours of curated music just for you. And then of course, stick around for let's go there with Shira and Ryan. We appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow. How powerful is Cox internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.